memory verse tonight Proverbs 13 13 he who despises the word will be destroyed but he who fears the commandment will be rewarded Proverbs 13 13 anybody else Proverbs 13 13 he who despises the word will be destroyed but he who fears the commandment will be rewarded Proverbs 13 13 Good job. Anybody else? Proverbs 13.13 Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed that he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. Proverbs 13.13 Good job, honey. Good job, Ray. Thank you. Despiseth. King James, huh? Yes. Yeah. Whoso despiseth. Is that what it says? Uh -huh. Whoso despiseth the word um, will be destroyed. But he who fears the commandment will be rewarded. Now listen, I want to kind of look at it a little bit differently. Um, now that, you know, it's Proverbs, obviously, and you have uh, here uh, contrasting um, statements. Sometimes they reinforce by parallelism, which is, it says the same thing twice, two different ways. This one they contrast, despising the word and then reward for uh, fearing the commandment. And we use different words here. There are two different words used here. Um, for, uh, but it's all referring to the same thing. It's the word of God. It's the commandment of God. It's, it's God himself and what he said. Because listen, all of us are confined under death. You know, we've been studying in John. John, Jesus didn't come to destroy. Jesus came to save us. We were already condemned. John 3, 17, we're condemned already. We were born dead. And what did God do? God sent his word to heal the land. God spoke life for us. And sending his word to heal the land is, is Psalms 107, 20. He sent his word to heal the land. Uh, and so I want you to see that if you despise the word of God, you're going to be destroyed. You will stay in the place that you already are. You are already sentenced to death. You are already lost. You are born dead and lost. And the only way you can wake up is if God speaks to you. And if you despise his voice, if you despise what he says, if you ignore what he does when he speaks life to you, here it says, whoso despiseth, it disrespects it, despiseth it, uh, uh, it means to hold in contempt. To hold in contempt. And it's, it's the, 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 the very act of despising. Contempt is the strongest expression uh, uh, that you can use as a means of opinion against the word of God. Hold as insignificant is another way that you could say that. You know, you have people that will say to you, 
well, I, I don't believe the Bible because it was written by men. But those same people listen to men who say things all day long. They're listening to earthly, central, demonic wisdom from ungodly men and following ideas of men that are today. When we know that the Bible has existed since the beginning of time, it's the oldest book, it's the best-selling book, it's written by God, its wisdom is, is, is timeless, it, it, it was applicable for every age, and yet they will listen to some new idea from today and follow it, but they will say, I don't want to follow the Bible. No, it's because you hate God. It's because you don't want to hear God's word. It's because you hold him in contempt, and you disrespect him, and you shall awake one day in everlasting contempt. You shall awake in death, in hell, in Hades, under eternal punishment, if you despise it, the word of God. If you despise the word of God. I was looking here. I have um, Webster's uh, 1828. I wouldn't suggest this with any dictionary. But if you go to Webster's 1828, where they were still using the word of God uh, in that dictionary, it says, want of respect or reverence as an act, irreverence or rudeness toward the word of God. Think about it. You hear God's word. You hear God's voice. He sent his word to heal the land. Jesus says in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. And yet we would say we disrespect, we despise, we hold in contempt. We don't want to hear your advice, God. We don't want to hear what you have to say about life, God. We want to listen to man. We don't want to listen to you, God. And I was sharing with a person the other day, as I often do, and I share about um, a testimony that I heard. I can't verify it to be true, but it makes a good analogy to help us understand the content that I'm looking at about God speaking. His word is what he sent to heal our souls, to heal our land, to redeem us when we follow his voice he leads us out of this darkness. He leads us out of the shadow of death. He leads us through the valley and into his house safely forever when we listen to what his word says and we learn it and we obey it. But, he, but it was 1920 uh, and a young man was broke down. His car would not start. It's cold. It's a Chicago morning. It's freezing outside. The wind is blowing. And he's trying to get his car started. He can't get it started. And up pulls this limousine. And this tall guy gets out and he lays his coat across his seat. And he comes over and he says, do you mind if I take a look at it? And the kid says, I can't get it started. Go ahead. So he tinkers underneath the hood a little bit. And he says, crank it over now. And he gives it a crank. And that Model T starts right up. And he says, wow, how did you do that? And he said, I'm Henry Ford. I created this thing. I know what makes it tick. I know how to get it running. And that's what God would say to us. And yet we say, I don't want to hear the word of God. I want some pharmacy. I don't want to hear the word of God. I want to hear what some psychologist has to say today. I don't want to hear the word of God. Listen, God created us. 
You do not want anybody else tinkering under your hood. You do not want anybody else saving you and telling you how to live your life. He is the one created you. He knows what he created you for. He knows what he created you to. He knows where he's taking you. As Jesus said, no one else has ascended or descended. You know, he came down to get us. He came down to lead us home. He speaks. We want to learn his voice. We want to hear his word. We do not want to disrespect his word. Because what happens when you disrespect the word of God, you end up destroyed. See, that's the path you were already on. And somebody freely gave his life to come and save you. God came down and became a man. He became our kinsman redeemer. He became like us so we could become like him. And we want to hear what he has to say on that subject. And I pray that you also want to hear what he has to say on that subject. So he who despises, disrespects, holds as insignificant. Oh, the word doesn't mean nothing. That's just written by some people, some old people. No, the word of God is living and powerful. It's God-breathed. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to divide the bone and the marrow and the soul and the spirit. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 does tell us that it was breathed by God through men of old and is profitable for doctrine that's teaching you how to live for reproof that's teaching you when you're not doing it according to the doctrine for correction that's standing you back up again it doesn't just spank your butt and chastise you but it stands you back up again and points you in the right direction and leads you out of death for instruction in righteousness which is right living before god why? So that the man of God and the woman of God might be thoroughly equipped, ready for every good work. And the only way to be thoroughly equipped and ready for every good work is to listen to the voice of God, the word of God. You don't want to despise it. You want to follow it. Now, let's look at Proverbs 1.7. We see Proverbs 1.7 tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom or excuse me, the fear of the, that's, that's Proverbs 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now watch, watch, the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord. We're going to get to the fear here in a minute. Fear of keeping commandments. But I want you to see the word despiseth used again. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Listen. Notice that. When you fear God, when you revere God, when you when you look to God, and fear is a good thing sometimes. If it gets you to back away from a cliff, it gets you to back away from danger. If it gets you to move out of a dark alley where danger is at, and you are safe now, it's okay. It's the beginning. It's the start of. The word beginning means that it's first in place, in time, order, and rank. It's the chief. It's the most important thing. Knowledge. And then I think that the next line defines what knowledge is. See, knowledge is knowing, right? But knowing what? It's knowing God. It's understanding who God is and what he's doing. But look what it says. It says, but fools despise it. They hold in contempt what? Wisdom and instruction. So is knowledge wisdom with instruction? See, because wisdom is Christ. The, the, the wisdom of God is Christ. It's how to do something. It's someone who will give you skill in doing it, and then he instructs you how to do it. 
That's the knowledge that we want. We want to hear the word of God, the voice of God, and follow that. And when we fear God, that's the beginning of knowledge. And then we begin to search out our relationship with Christ. And he instructs us in the way to go through the word of God. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fool, twice the Bible testifies. I can give you the scriptures. It's in Psalms 14.1 and 53.1. Twice it says the fool has said no to God. No God. What are you laughing about? Oh, did you? Yeah. Psalms 14.1 and Psalms 53.1. You can write those down. The fool has said no God. Now your Bible will say no to God, but really they're saying no God. They're saying, we despise you. We hold you in contempt. You're insignificant. Look at the world around you today. What are they doing? Uh, well, I, I, I don't know. Klaus Schwab's uh, main guru says that we can surpass God in taking care of mankind. I mean, they make crazy statements because they're lost somewhere out in the demonic realm thinking that they can do something beyond God. And if you want to follow their crazy world, you keep listening to their voice. You keep watching their TV. You keep reading their books. You keep studying what they have to say in their sciences instead of listening to God's word. Now listen to me. You've got to be very careful with this because you might say, oh, I love God's word. But then you ignore it. You don't obey it. You don't follow it, even though you read it, but you despise it. You disrespect it by not listening and being led by his spirit. Romans 8, 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. But you say you love the Word of God, but you would rather listen to a psychologist today. You would rather listen to a newscaster today. You would rather read somebody's number one bestseller today, which the world lies to you about, and they use the pyre marketing, and they go, what's your number one bestseller? Well, why? Oh, I don't know, because it sold, sold so many thousand copies in the first two weeks. That's because they bought them themselves. In order to meet the requirement to get the seal of the number one bestseller, then you believe their lying logic. Listen to me. Quit teaching books. If I hear one more time that somebody says they're doing a Bible study and they're really teaching a book about somebody that wrote something and teaching their talking points instead of teaching the Word of God and you're disrespecting the Word of God by saying that you're doing a Bible study. A Bible study has the Bible, not somebody's opinion of the Bible. So stop it. Stop saying you're in Bible study when you're really reading some man's logic about the Bible and he you don't even know who he is. You haven't sat down with him. You don't have a relationship with him. But you can have a relationship with the word of God. The living word of God. Jesus the Christ is the living word of God. Please sit down. Draw near to him. Talk to him. Learn to understand and articulate his voice. So you can be led by his spirit. For his glory. For such a time as this. Because you're being led astray with their number one bestsellers, with all of these books about the Bible that are not living and inspired. They're not God-breathed. They're not... Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pop here for a minute. What was the second verse in Psalms, Pastor Greg? 53.1. Okay. 14.1 and 53.1. Listen to me. The fear of the commandment brings reward. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. 
but fools say no to God's wisdom and instruction, his way for life. That's what we're looking at here. Listen to me, because when you take the word, the commandment, you take the Lord, they're all the same. He's the one who spoke and gave the commandment. He's the one who spoke and gave the word. He is the living word. When you're looking at his instruction and you ignore it and you despise it and you make up your own religious way, your very act has despised and held in contempt and made the word of God insignificant. But when you follow it, even when you don't feel like it, when you follow it because you know it's truth, when you follow it because you know it's his voice, when you follow it because you know it's the word of God, that's called faith. You don't have to understand how it's going to work. What you have to do is follow it. Because that's what God requires, a life of faith. It's not faith when you follow it because you understand it. It's faith because you can't see it. And you trust that his light is leading you out of this death, leading you into safety, into his house. He knows what he's doing. You can believe him. Stop following men and have a personal relationship. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools say no to God and they despise his wisdom and his instruction. And that's really, if you look at the word here, in, in 13.13 of Proverbs, it means his advice. It means his instruction, his commandment, his counsel. And it infers the whole word of God that God has given us that tells us what is going on. Well, where does he start? In the beginning. Well, where's the beginning? It's the beginning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Are you going to believe the Bible or not? Or do you want to believe somebody else? Spend time with God. It is His instruction that leads you personally in an intimate love relationship out of your death, out of your bondage, out of your chaos, and gives you rest as you build that love relationship with your groom, your husbandman, the one who is covering you and died for you and protecting you. He gave His blood for you so that you could be set free. How will he not give you everything else for life and godliness? He's already given his life so that you can have life. He took your death. Oh, that we would get this. Oh, that we could live this. And that we would not be those who despiseth the word and are destroyed. It's interesting. The word destroyed really means a pledge. Huh? A pledge. It, it will be destroyed means to wind tightly as a rope. What? To bind, to pervert, to destroy. It's a pledge. I, I was chasing it out, and you don't want to chase it out too far, but it means a pledge, like a pledge you would make to buy a house. It actually is related to a mortgage that has a death grip on you because you're already confined in death. And if you don't listen to the word of God, you can't escape the death. Because God sent the word to save you. God sent his word to die for you. And if you don't listen to the word of God and follow it, then you just stay in that death grip. That pledge of death that you've been under from the first Adam. You don't escape. You get destroyed. And it doesn't mean what you might think when you think of destroyed like it's gone. No. You'll be confined and bound by your own words, your own actions, your own hands will tie you to death because you ignore the truth 
and you'll be caught in the cords of your own deception and you will burn in hell forever. That's the destroyed. That's the pledge. It's an act of ruinous and corruptibility. It's to lay waste. I'm just reading what it says here. Because all of us are under a death sentence and Jesus came and set us free and you need to listen to what he says because he knows how to lead us out and the devil knows how to trick us and get us to listening to other voices with our flesh and think that we're following God and we're really listening to somebody's number one bestseller and we even think we're in a Bible study because we're following what people say about the Bible. Listen to his voice, not what somebody else says about his Bible. Listen personally. Do you know his voice? Do you have rest? Do you have peace? Have you been set free? Destroyed means bind by taking a pledge. That's an interesting word. Very, very interesting. But he who fears the commandment will be rewarded. That's the contrast. That means to obey. But he who fears the commandment will be rewarded. The reward is safety. Rewarded means to be safe. To make complete, to be friendly. It means peaceable. It means restored. It means restitution. In biblical usage, it means this listen, to be in a covenant of peace. See, we were enemies with God. Romans 5 1 says, Jesus bring, brings peace if we believe Him. We can be at peace with God. We can be rewarded by listening to what? He who fears the commandment. That's mitzvah. Mitzvah. The commandment. It collectively means the law of God. It's the word of God. When he speaks his command, you listen to his ordinance, his precepts, his commandments. Well, how do we learn to stand in awe, to revere God, to fear God? Well, probably by the spirit of God. But let's look at Deuteronomy 17. Deuteronomy 17. I've been here many times. I love this place. Um, it's actually instruction for a king. Now, let me just kind of uh, take some liberties. I think it's Revelation 1 that says, He has made us kings and priests for our God. Believer priests, and we're kings, right? Let's look at uh, Deuteronomy 17, 14. It's interesting what the kings were supposed to do and what they didn't do. It's interesting what you and I as Christians are called to do and we don't do. Uh, and that Christ has set us free so that we could do it. We're not under the, the penalty or the bondage of sin. We can actually walk this out. When you come into the land which the Lord your God has given you, notice it's a gift, and possess it, you're supposed to go in and own it. Do you know what your identity is? Do you know who you are in Christ? Do you know you've been set free in Christ? Do you know that you have positional sanctification? You have practical sanctification? And one day, we're going to be glorified. When you possess it and dwell in it, you're living in it, and say, I will set a king over me. Listen, God already knew that you were going to try to walk in your will. If you remember, the people come in, God wants them to follow and be just under him in a theocracy. 
But they want to be like the rest of the world, and they want to set a king over them. And notice it's not God's will, but it says, I will set a king over me like all the nations that are around me. Who's your king today? Is Jesus your king? Is he king of kings and lord of lords? Or do you have a king over you, something else that you're making king? Uh, I would pray that wisdom and instruction would be first in your life. That the fear of the Lord would be first in your life. 15, you shall surely set a king over you whom the Lord your God chooses. See, he knows you're going to do it, and he doesn't want you to do it, but he's going to give you some confines, some instructions, some word of advice, some counsel in how to do it. If you're going to do it on your own, he tells you how you should do it, and that he will allow it even though he doesn't want you to do it. One from among your brethren, and you shall set as king over you. You may not set a foreigner over you. Oh, are you not? Uh, that's not. Hold up, Greg. That's not politically correct. We can't call people foreigners. You're not allowed to in the church. You can't call them foreigners. It's just wrong to call them a foreigner. Well, this foreigner here would be somebody who is living according to demonic influence. The spirit of Antichrist with earthly, central demonic wisdom. It'd be somebody like the president. It'd be somebody like the news agencies. It'd be somebody like uh, that don't have the spirit of God leading their life and don't know the word of God. That's what he's referring to. Somebody that's not part of your family. Somebody that's not trying to obey God. You don't want them to be a boss to you telling you how to live your life. You want the word of God to do that. Let me just spend a little time here. Oh, by the way, the kings and priests was Revelations 1.6. I see the note here in my text. <clears throat> Who's over you? Is it the word of God that's over you? What is leading you? Not your brother. Oh, is Jesus my brother? I'm sorry. He's my kinsman redeemer. 16. But he shall not, this is what you're not supposed to do, multiply horses for himself. Why not, Greg? Well, the Bible says, and we're probably going to look here later, uh, Psalms 20 and 6. Some trust in horses and some in chariots, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. We're going to trust in God. Hezekiah trusted in God. That's 2 Kings where we're at in 18. He trusted in God. Do you trust in God or do you trust in the power of horses and chariots? See, that would be like the strength of a nation, trusting in them. And the Bible tells us that the, uh, the, the watchman watches in vain unless the Lord watches the city. The builder builds in vain unless the Lord builds the house. See, we always have to put God first in it, or we are building with earthly, central, demonic wisdom. We're despising and disrespecting and making insignificant the word of God if he doesn't come first in his instructions on how to do it. So if you're going to set something over you, it needs to be somebody in your family. And you should not put your trust in horses for himself, nor cause the people to return to Egypt to multiply horses. Are the people going back to the world? Egypt is a type of the world. Where are you going to build your strength? Where are you going? Are you coming boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need? Learning to trust in God. Learning that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God so that you can be stronger and go out and stand before your enemies? Or are you going back to Egypt and building with their plan of what makes you seem strong? PhDs behind your name. Education behind your name. 
world-renowned and things like that. You're looking at them and saying, this is what we honor. Listen, listen, I want to honor God in his word. I want to revere him and not the things of Egypt. For the Lord has said to you, you shall not return that way again. Where are you walking? Is it in the way, the truth, and the life? Or are you in the world thinking that, oh, I'm going to trust in the world. I'm going to live according to the world. I'm going to build up my 401k. I'm going to build everything like the world does, yet I'm a Christian. I'm going to read all the books the world does, but yet I'm a Christian. Listen, we've been warned against these lies that go in and entrap our heart and deceive us into following wickedness and the spirit of Antichrist. And then we get caught in the traps and the cords of our sin. And we say, what happened? Well, you were making the word of God insignificant. You were not exalting God in your life as your king. We need help with this, people. We need the spirit of God with this. 17, neither shall he multiply wives for himself. How many wives you got? Who are you married to? Are you the husband of one wife? Lest his heart turn away. See, when you keep marrying things and making covenants with things, your heart turns away from the word of God. He must be chief. He must be number one. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools hate wisdom and instruction. He who despiseth the word of God will be destroyed. But he who fears the commandment will get a reward, will be rewarded. Let's look. Is your heart turning away? Neither shall he multiply wives for himself. Stop making covenants and marrying everything. Lest his heart turn away. Nor shall he greatly multiply silver and gold for himself. Now silver is redemption and gold is deity. But this is really just talking about the building materials of silver and gold. Things that are riches here on this earth. And it shall be, listen, 18... When he sits on the throne of his kingdom, listen to what he was supposed to do. This is what a king was supposed to do. Wait a minute, I'm the king. Nobody tells me what to do. Really, you the king of your house? God's your co-pilot? That's a dumb sign. God is the pilot. The word is first. If you become first, you make the word of God insignificant. You despise the word of God if you put yourself down as the pilot and God's the co-pilot. Listen, this is the king of all the land that was called by God, lifted up by God, put in this place by God. He's supposed that he shall, look what he shall do when he comes into his kingdom, that he shall write for himself a copy of this law in a book from the one before the priest, the Levites. Now listen, It could be as easy as writing down Deuteronomy 14 through 17. Or it could be as significant as writing down the Pentateuch, the commandments of God, the mitzvah, the, the entire uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Now, I know that the children of Israel were supposed to memorize these five books. So I would assume that the king was supposed to write down his own copy so that he had it with him always in his own handwriting so he could understand it. 
People ask me why I write in my Bible. I said, because I can read my own handwriting. Uh, you can't. I can. I'm just teasing. Look at this. Why would you write? Why would you learn the Word of God? Why would you learn the commandment of God? Why would you write down the precepts and the commandments? And why would God write them on your heart? Nineteen supposed to be with you also, and it shall be with him, and he shall read it all the days of his life. That's why I think it's all five books. Maybe get tired of reading just four or five lines. How many days of his life? Let's get a calculator out and see how many ALL is. Why? Why would you read the Word of God and spend time in the Word of God and do it all of your life that he may learn to fear the Lord his God? See, he who fears the commandment will be rewarded. We want to learn the fear of the Lord because it's the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of wisdom. When we learn that all of our sustenance, everything comes from the Lord, we won't despise the word of God and be destroyed. We'll see the amazing grace that's been given to us and we'll learn and be careful to observe, that's obey, all the word of this law and these statutes. Why? That his heart may not be lifted up above his brethren, that he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right hand or the left, and that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. Now we always say, honor and obey your father and your mother, for it's the first commandment with a promise. This just had a promise, that you may prolong your days in the kingdom. That if you write down the word of God, you're going to be rewarded. So see, this is reaping what you sow, 13, 13. You reap what you sow. If you despise God's word, you're going to reap, you're going to reap that pledge of death. You're going to be destroyed. You're going to be ruined. But if you begin to draw near to the commandment and fear the commandment of God, you're going to be given reward. You're going to be growing what your wages are for the end of your life. For the judgment day. What we do now is what we'll be judged by. So I like that. I love Deuteronomy 17 there where we're called to be in the word, to learn the word, to obey the word. It's a commandment that strengthens and rewards you and gives you length of days. He who despises excuse me, despises the word, will be destroyed. What has God said? God's word is true. But he who fears the commandment will be rewarded. What do you fear in life? You fear death? See, there should be no fear of death because Christ defeated death for the Christian man, for the Christian woman. For those that are his children, he has defeated death. Are you looking for, uh, and they really, again, like I started to say, this sowing and reaping, the law of sowing and reaping, you can just in your personal life, if you don't listen to the word of God, you can reap some things that are destroyed and you'll make a pledge and you'll be bound to them and they can really mess you up down here in this physical thing. So you can look at this physically and you can look at this spiritually because it's all spiritual. 
But you're going to get the reward of what you're doing right now. So if you ignore the Word of God, you don't pick it up, you don't read it, you don't spend time with it, you don't ask for wisdom, and you make it insignificant and say, ah, it's the Word of God, we're going to follow this, you're going to reap that now in life. And if you continue in that, you will reap it then for eternal destiny of hell. But even now, if you begin to follow the Word of God, what does he say in uh, uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? Trust in the Lord, batak. It's the same word for have faith in the Lord uh, in the New Testament. Trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? All, that's that calculator thing again, A-L-L. It's all of it. And lean not on your own understanding. What's helping your life? What's leading your life? You're leading on a cane of your own understanding? In all of your ways, there it is again, acknowledge God. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of acknowledging Him. It's the beginning of knowledge. And He will make your path straight. So again, you're going to be rewarded as you begin to fear the commandment, follow the commandment, understand the commandment is leading you out. And there's all of these people standing uh, on the, along the wayside as you're being led out into safety into God's house. Look at it practically. You're in, you're in a bad place. You're in a bad Democratic-led uh, uh, city. And you got to get out of the riot because it's gone crazy. And there's one person leading you out. And you don't want to turn and go over here for help because they're liars. You want to keep following the Lord. And there's a lot of people that's offering advice. A lot of people offering help. And you might be deceived into following if you don't keep your eyes fixed upon Jesus. If you don't learn the word of God. God gives us plenty of time to learn his word. And to obey his word. And when we don't, we reap what we sow. We get our reward, and in many cases, um, he chastises us, and he tries to help us bring us out. That's what the word instruction means, wisdom and instruction. Instruction is God's words right there. He tells you, don't do that, and then you do it, so he has to chastise you, so you'll stop doing it. But he's not trying to kill you. He's trying to lead you out and help you to learn that when he says don't do it, it hurts you. It, it, it makes your path crooked instead of straight. So he gives you time, and he's long-suffering, and he's loving, and he's kind, and he's merciful. He's already taken it all for us, but he's promised to be faithful to get us across the finish line, to finish the work that he started in you until the day of Christ Jesus. He's made that promise. So as a parent, as a good father, he has to spank us to get us across the finish line sometimes. And a good father will spank his children. Why on earth would the world tell you not to spank your children? And make it against the law because they know that discipline with instruction trains a heart of a child. And that's what a parent is called to do. And sometimes when you love them, you spank their butts. And that's where uh, you can have civil disobedience. You can ignore what the courts say. You can ignore what people say about that. Because you're going to honor God in that. And you're not going to despise the word of God because man makes a law that tells you to make the word of God insignificant. Civil disobedience is called in those places when they try to make you do something that makes the word of God insignificant, that disrespects it, that despises it. You're allowed to keep following God then. Now, it doesn't mean that they won't throw you in prison. It doesn't mean that they won't come at you. But God already knew that part, and he's going to strengthen you through that, and he's going to reward you in the finality of it all with a crown of life. You can trust him. 
Listen, you can trust the word of God unconditionally. Faith follows the truth no matter what you think is going to happen and God will take care of the results. Do not make the word of God insignificant. Make it chief in your life. Make it the number one thing that you follow in your life. Now next week is Romans 12.21. Romans 12.21. If you've been reading through the Bible with us, uh, we've recently finished this. Uh, and as I read through, I go, oh, that would be a good memory verse for us. It's easy one. It's simple. Uh, it's uh, uh, not a lot of words. Oh, it's probably quite complex. 12.21. Just that. Did I say that? Yes, 12.21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Wow. Write that down. Memorize that. Um and let's see what the Lord might say to us through that scripture, which is quite powerful that uh, a good God would come down and die and overcome the evil that was uh, thrust upon us through Adam and Eve. He come down and did good by dying for us and was rewarded through resurrection. And then he's going to be given a bride that's spotless and clean. And spend eternity with the Father in a family. That's pretty amazing to me. Um, Father, thank you for your word. We pray, Lord, that we would not despise it. We would not make it insignificant. But we know that your commandments are not burdensome. And we do not want to be found ashamed when you come, Lord. So we pray that we would fear your commandment and be rewarded, Lord, with great strength. With your power, your might, your wisdom in counseling, your wisdom in leading, your wisdom in walking. We pray that you would make our path straight and you would shine a light for us, Lord, to clearly follow. Thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for setting us free and leading us safely to your house. Help us to listen to your instruction. In Jesus' name and for his glory we pray. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you.